Hello listeners, I'm your host James Tachy. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, a show that explores the fact that despite one's genetics, country of origin, socioeconomic background, culture, tradition, and all the many labels we tend to use to describe our condition and conditioning, we have more that brings us together than separates us. The stories shared here are expressions of this experience, the hope that it inspires you, motivates, and helps you feel more connected to people near and far. In this episode, Erica, a social worker by profession, shares the exploration of her vulnerable struggle with mental illness. As a person who is of African-American descent, she touches on the variety of supports she has examined in her life to overcome her challenges. This is her story. I have so many days where driving home from work and life just didn't seem like it was worth living and thinking all I had to do was turn the wheel on 291, hit the divider, and uh, end it all. And it'll be done. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm grateful for friends that I was comfortable enough to express those thoughts to because they're the ones that kept me from doing anything that was harmful to myself. My cousin used to call me every night before I went home while I was driving on 291 just to make sure that I got off the exit and was able to get home. It wasn't until seven years ago that I actually knew that I needed help. There's a lot of trauma that I had gone through. I lost a nephew who was very close to me. He was murdered. A relationship that I, I thought was going to be forever ended. It sent me into this spiral. After that, I lost my home. I was living out of plastic bags with nothing to my name, having to start over. I'm grateful for the supports I was able to have and create within my network, not necessarily my family. They still deal with a lot of the stigmas attached to mental health. My mom doesn't like to talk about it. I don't feel comfortable talking to my family about it. I remember having an anxiety attack at my mom's house. And I couldn't breathe. And I'm crying and I'm emotionally just in an uproar. My mom is like, well, what, what do I need to do? I don't know. <laughs> you know. I'm experiencing this right now. I don't know what to tell you what to do. Just talk to me. My brother was there. I Went into the house because I needed to get away from everybody and try to gather myself because I could just see the judgment that was coming from them. As I'm in the house, I hear him laughing at me, literally stomach holding, laughing at me. In my head, I'm thinking, how can you see me like this and see that as being something that's funny? And that's when I realized people don't understand what it means to have a mental illness, to suffer from a mental illness, to have to deal with these type of emotions every day. I do my best to try to educate them because I know that in the long run, they are my support system. They are my family. They're the people that I spend most of my time with. It's getting better. They are starting to really get it. It took my niece to have to go through something and my aunts to have to go through something for the family to really open their eyes and be accepting of the fact that there is a such thing as mental illness. There, there are people who suffer who look like us. Because nine times out of ten, most African-Americans think black people don't suffer from mental illness. You go pray over it. God will take care of it. There's some work that you have to do as an individual, as a person. Educating people is the best way that you're going to be able to eradicate the stigmas that are attached to mental illness. Because there's people every day that you walk around that you never know. I, I walk around my job every day and people do not know what I'm suffering with or what I'm dealing with on a daily basis. The days that I don't want to get out of bed or the days that I'm just sick of being here. There are a few people that I'm able to talk to. 
and I'm grateful for them. Without them, I don't know what I would do. I'm okay with expressing it. I know that it's just a part of who I am. It's not who I am totally. I think when we can get to a point where we can educate more people, I think they'll get it. They'll understand it. It won't be a bad thing. Just like a person suffers from diabetes, you take a medication, you you function with that medication. It doesn't mean that you're diabetes. No, you're an individual who suffers from diabetes. But I'm just grateful that my first experience was something that was such an experience that sticks with me because now each and every person that I deal with, I deal with them as a person first, no matter what. That gives other people hope. It's not perfect. There's still hard days. There's good days. Everybody has those. I just have a little harder time getting out of my bad days than others. Oftentimes when you're an individual who suffer, you spend a lot of time in your own mind. Sometimes that's the worst place that you can be. You need to get a different perspective. When you're so bogged down with the negative thoughts and the negative feelings, I think having such things as therapy are extremely important. Does it fix everything? No. There's no quick fix to it. Is it something that helps you learn how to deal? Absolutely. Is it something that helps you validate some of your emotions, some of your feelings? Absolutely. I've sat in my therapist's office and told her some of the things that I've gone through that kind of lead to these emotions that I have, and I leave her with her mouth open. How do you deal with all of that? How do you deal with the negativity from people? How do you deal with all the trauma you've been through? How do you deal with not having supports in your family? How do you deal with people constantly wanting something from you and not giving back to you? Those things are very hard, and I deal with it every single day. Having her there that I can bounce these ideas off of make me feel as though it's not just all in my mind. Like These are things that are actually happening. It gives me hope that there is a chance I can get to a point where I might not need all the level of stuff that I go through. I might not need such a high level of medication, or I might not need to see her every week, where I can get to a point I'm not having panic attacks three or four times a day. I know everything is not going to be perfect. Life is not perfect. We as individuals are happy, sad, angry. Those are emotions. And I expect to continue to have those emotions. I expect to be sad. I expect to feel bad on occasion. I expect to feel angry, but I don't want to wallow in that. I think supports and having therapy and things like that are so helpful because it's also a guide for you. I can go into a session, have a conversation about my childhood. And when I leave, I'm leaving with a deeper and better understanding of who I am as an individual and why these things are manifesting themselves right now. Things I forgot about, blocked, never discussed with anyone. I'm able to get these things off my chest in a safe environment where I'm not being judged. I'm not feeling as though people are going to laugh at me. It's a safe place. And I think everyone needs to be able to have that safe place. It's extremely important to have that safe place. Because there are things that you need to express. There are things that you need to talk about. Because without being able to talk about it and process it and break it down and flip it, turn it, twist it, you're going to constantly see that same negative image. I think it's one of the the best and most important things that's ever been presented. And I wish that more people would utilize it.
But if, if there's such a stigma attached to everything that's related to it, it's like a negative thing. I, I don't care. I'm going to tell people, yeah, I go to therapy. Absolutely. But that's what makes me the person that I am today. That's what makes me have the ability to get up and do the things that I need to do for myself and to help other people. I don't know where I would be without it. I don't know where I'd be without it. I doubt if I'll be here. And that's honest. Thoughts are strong. The mind is strong. It's very powerful. If you're not having the checks and balances, you're just stuck with those things, those thoughts, those negative things moving around constantly in your head all day, every day, every minute, every hour. You need that person to come in and be like, you're okay. This is a normal process for you. These things do happen, but it's not the end of your life. There's more around the corner. There is a brighter day. You're not going to always feel this way. It may feel like you are in that moment, in that time. But no, there's always another side to things. And I'm just grateful I have someone that I can trust enough to be able to express all the things that I feel and know that she can give me guidance that there is going to be something better. Like we can work through these things. This is not the end of your life. It was really hard. That's the most vulnerable thing that I've ever had to do because I had an image to hold up. I'm this strong individual. I have myself together. And it was admitting that, no, I don't. I don't have everything together. I'm not as strong as I think I am. I need help. It was those moments when I really didn't want to be here that I knew that I had to do something different because it was too strong. The feeling was too strong. And I know that's not what I wanted to do. Deep down in my heart, even though the feeling was strong, in my mind, I'm like, no, you don't want to do that. You have to talk to somebody. You have to figure out something. It took a while to find the right person for me, the right fit. I had to repeat my story a couple times to different people. Their advice or their take on things were totally different. I had one therapist, her answer to everything was art because she knew I was an artist and she was an artist. Oh, you're having a bad day? Paint something. Oh, you, you need to express, paint something. Well, you don't understand that when I'm in, a, in this space, that's the last thing I can do. I can't even gather my thoughts together to make myself something to eat, take a shower. But you want me to paint something? It took a while before I had to say to myself, you're not the one for me. I have to find someone else. The lady that I have now, I think the biggest difference was when she can explain to me why. I was having anxiety attacks, the physiological reason why I was having an anxiety attack, because I thought I was losing my mind. I was on medication. I'm cutting this out. I'm cutting that out. I'm talking to friends. I'm going out. I'm doing things. And I could not stop having them. I'm losing my mind. Why is this happening? What am I doing? What did I do? Why am I suffering? She sat down with me and said, well, do you understand what an anxiety attack is? Yeah, that was the basic understanding of it. She says, well, do you understand what happens to your body when you're having these? No. Well, when you're having a panic attack, normally your body starts to react and you stop breathing. I knew that I stopped breathing. I've had people tell me, Erica, you're not breathing, breathe. I knew that. Well, this is what happens. When you stop breathing, your body goes into protection mode. It starts to shut itself down. So what it ends up creating is carbon dioxide, which affects the brain, which makes you feel the lightheadedness, the heart palpitations, all the things is because your body is shutting down simply because you're not breathing. You got to breathe. 
Just that simple. We came up with an exercise and she says, well, you know, if you feel yourself getting to a point where you're having a panic attack, all I want you to do is smell the flowers and blow out the candles. Really? Yeah, let's do it. Smell the flowers, blow out the candles. So I go home. I'm thinking this is bull crap. This is just like the mmm this lady taught me to say or to sing to myself in the shower. It's not going to work. Of course, that night, panic attack. I'm in bed and I'm like, okay, let's try this crap. Smell the roses, blow off the candles. Do that a couple of times. Oh, lo and behold, it worked. Doesn't always work. But in that moment, in that time, it worked. And it's because I had a better understanding of what was happening within my body, not just in my mind. No one ever told me that. In the five years that I was suffering, no one ever brought it down to that basic level. It made such a difference to me. Just that one little thing, it doesn't solve them all, but it gave me a glimpse of hope that it's not me losing my mind. There's something actually happening in my body and less of a feeling of loss of control. To me, that was just the biggest light in the sky. No one ever said it. Something that simple. I'm coming to these people and I'm like, this is what's happening to me. It's four or five times a day and I can't breathe and I'm sleeping and I don't know what to do. Oh, well, do this or do that. But you're not telling me why am I having this? Why is this happening to me? I wanted to know. I needed to understand it. Wow. It's amazing the things that can happen when you find the right support. And I know a lot of people don't like having a shop around, kind of make you vulnerable to a whole bunch of different people hearing your story, different people that you're letting into your life. It's hard. It's really hard. It takes, it takes a great deal every single time that I see her. Even though we have the fit, I still have to deal with a lot of stuff that's going on with me. I've left feeling completely exhausted just from a 45-minute session because of everything that I had to unload, explain, or process. It's going to take an individual who needs to be patient with themselves to really get the most out of a therapy session and understand that it's not going to be a quick fix. It's not going to fix everything. You still have work to do. We all do. With the families that I work with, I always try to tell them to think about it. Don't close the door on it. It's going to take them to be ready for it. I never want to force a person to want to do it. Most people come to it in their own time. There are people who will talk to me about it and I'll be like, no. It took me to get to a point where I knew that I had to. But I would just always encourage a person to take your time and think about it. Maybe write something. Do you journal? Write in your journal. Because sometimes that's almost the same. You might not get the feedback, but you're able to get those emotions out. You're able to have some release and it's in a non-judgmental way because it's your journal. No one else is reading it. No one else is seeing it. A lot of time what stops people from getting help is judgment. Even though it's a private thing between you and whoever you're working with, there's still the judgment, judgment of yourself. And I had to deal with that. I felt weak. I felt pitiful. I felt embarrassed. I was in secret. Walking there like, Nobody look at me head down. I don't want anybody to recognize me. Anyone going to know me in my town that I live? Who's going to see me? Who's going to spread that to the next person that they see me here? It took a lot for me to get to a point where I'm like, I don't care. It's what I need for myself. I just hope that 
anyone who is suffering and is afraid to be that vulnerable, know that you're vulnerable every day. Every day that you're dealing with it, every day that you're fighting it, you're already open, you're already raw. Give it a chance. You're already suffering. It may be the ticket that you need to get back on track. Just try. And that's the thing that I tell most people, like, just try it. Go for half an hour. If you don't like it, you tried. But give it a chance because you never know what you're going to get out of it. I don't want to discuss all that stuff from my past. You got to go through the past. Those things in your past, they lead to your thought process for your future. There's things that I have from when I was a child that I blocked. I don't remember. And they're coming out now. It's like a full circle. Now that I'm making a connection between these things I went through as a child and what I'm dealing with as an adult, it all makes sense. Relationships. Me and my father's relationship is horrible. I haven't spoken to my father in three years. Do I miss him? Absolutely. Do I have issues that I need to deal with in regards to him? Absolutely. Does my relationship with my father affect relationships with men that I have nowadays? Absolutely. I have an abandonment issue. Trust issue. My father cheated on my mother. I expect all men to cheat. What has been my experience? Men cheat. Now, does that mean that every man in the world does? No. But for some reason, I attract men who are like my father. The charmers. Everyone likes them. They can do this. They can do that. They're just wonderful people. But on the flip side of them, there's things that are attached to them. I don't know why I keep doing it. I still do it to this day. That's some of the things I'm working through with my therapist. Some images that I have myself, how I process and deal with anger. A lot of it has to do with the fact that when I was a child, my mother told me that no one would love me because I was angry. No one was going to love me because I was so mean. I was just assertive. If you hurt my feelings, I told you you hurt my feelings. If I was upset about something, I told you I was upset about something. But I got to a point where I became afraid to express those things to people because I was afraid that they were going to leave me. Who wants to be around someone who's mean all the time? Who wants to be around someone who always has something to say? I don't want to be that person. I want to live and be happy. I want children. I want to get married. I want to pick a fence. And I would just swallow a lot of stuff that I needed to say out of fear. That's a horrible thing for a person to deal with on a daily basis. I didn't even remember my mom said that until I went to a session and it came up. Wow. Whew. That makes a lot of sense now. All right. I still got some work to do because you think about 39 years of having that thought process. It's going to take a little time to reverse it, but at least I can see it and I can understand and I can make a connection between that and who I am right now. And that never would have happened if I never would have went and got help. If I never felt safe enough to talk to someone about it, I would never make these connections. I would have continued to live in my life in pain and suffering. Constantly doing the same thing over and over and over again and not understanding why. In my family, I'm the oddball out. My mother always treated me differently than she treated all the other kids. I was the one that she had to deal with. Till this day, I have issues making connections with people. I'm not very close to some people in my family. I have very superficial relationships. And a lot of that is because I don't think that people will find my company worthwhile. Why would they? My mother didn't. My father didn't. These are the things I bring with me as an adult. 
Is it going to be easy to change? No. I consciously have to think about it every day. When I need help, support, there's very few people I feel comfortable going to because my history has always been, unless they need something from me, I don't hear from you. Unless you want something from me, I don't hear from you. Phone doesn't ring. No one stops by to see me. I don't need anything. But the minute you want something, somebody needs something, my phone is blowing up. And I'm the type of person because I don't want to lose what little bit of friendship I have or what little bit of connection I have. I jump up and I do it. That's detrimental to me. I'm learning to say no at 40 years old. I'm learning to tell people no. It feels really good. It's almost like getting a little bit of my power back that I allowed to be taken away from me because I had this image that I'm not worthwhile. I'm not somebody you can love unless I'm bending over backwards to please you. It's a very vulnerable thing. But if I don't open myself up and I don't allow myself to be vulnerable, I'm never going to be able to get to the other side. I'm never going to be able to be better. For me, just me right now. That's my focus. Be a better person for me. Let me wake up in the morning and, and feel great when I walk out the house. Let me wake up in the morning and feel like there's something for me to live for. That's all I want. Everything else will fall into place, eventually. I used to write poetry. That was one of my things. I used to take long walks like and I, you know, felt a certain type of way. When I was a little younger and a little bit more fit, <laughs> I used to run. That was my thing. I would get my sneakers on and I would run for miles. Being outside, having the air, looking out outside of myself and seeing that there's just more out here than just me. One of my favorite things is the ocean. Love it. I paint. Most of my paintings are ocean. <laughs> For me, when I can sit on a beach and look at the water's movement and realize that this water is connected to water that's all across the world, that it just flows, ever-changing, this vastness, I, I feel so small. And, and not small in a bad way, but just one part of this whole big universe that's moving and, 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 and changing. And, and it just makes me realize like the water moves, everything in my life is going to do the same thing. It's going to change. It's going to ebb. It's going to flow. Everything is not going to stay the same. I think that's one of the reasons why I love water. I love to be around ocean water like you couldn't believe. It's something about it that just brings, it centers me. I'm an avid singer. I won't say I'm the best at it, but I like to sing. If I'm in a horrible mood, good mood, bad mood, doesn't matter. I'm singing something <laughs> because it's just my own personal thing that I like to do. I'll be walking up and down the hallway, you'll hear me singing. It's just for me. It makes me happy. It brings me joy. It distracts me. It allows me to come out of myself a little bit. I enjoy it. I appreciate it. I used to like to shop. I don't have the money for that anymore. <laughs> but shopping was another big thing that I like to do. And just around myself with good people. Good people, positive people, people who want to have fun in a good way, people who, who kind of push me to explore other things. I had a friend I went boating with from the hood. We don't, we don't do boating. It was my first time, and they were going the tubing with the trails behind the sailboat. You get on the boat, and I'm just like, this is going to be a big problem. But I'm not going to enjoy this. I know I'm not going to enjoy this. So I'm watching them fly off this little raft and hit water. And they're like, are you going to get on? Hell no. I feel like the 15th time. I'm like, you know what? Bump it. I'm going to try it. I have never laughed so hard in my life. 
I held on for dear life, but I, my face hurt. That's how much I laughed. That's how much fun I had. And that was something I look forward to when I am able to, I was thinking about just little things like that. Just a little nudge, just a different experience. I appreciate those things because it, it adds more to who I am. It adds more to my experience. It gives me more outlet. Explore. I've taken rides by myself. Why? Why not? I'm in a funk. Go to house. Go for a ride. I've ended up seeing some of the most beautiful rivers, lakes, and streams in Connecticut that I didn't even know we had. Little jewels. When I sit there and I look at the water, I dare for a painting pops in my head. I'm like, yep, we're going to have another water painting. I've gone roller skating. I took a cooking class. Going to church because I needed that that little bit of extra life. Getting outside of myself sometimes is one of the best things that I can do. Get out of your own head for a little while. Best thing ever. <laughs> and when I have the opportunity to do that, however it comes, whatever shape, form it comes in, I'm going to do it. I have a friend who has a beach house. Never knew people had beach houses before. I go hang out with her at the beach house. Awesome. I'm dancing and we're having a great time and meeting people and socializing. And oh, this is pretty cool. If I would have stayed in my own mind, I would have never allowed myself to be able to do that. So just allow yourself to experience things. Like one of the things I want to do this summer, it's so small to some other people, but I'm so excited about it, is I want to go to Providence, a water fire. Why? It's everything I love in one spot. <laughs> it's water. <laughs> it's arts. It's food. It's people. It's music. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm looking forward to it. Even if it's by myself, I'm looking forward to it. And I guess that's, that's the things that kind of keep me going. Trying to find different things to experience, different things to see, different things to, to learn. As long as I could do that, I'll be okay. Meditation, for example. Never in my life thought I'd meditate. Meditation. Sit there for how long and do what? I don't have the ability to do that. Challenge. Challenge accepted. I did it. Now I'm there every week. <laughs> you know, and learning so much and seeing myself change and being more in touch with my emotions and what I'm feeling and how I'm feeling it and why I'm feeling it instead of just Going from zero to 100, oh, I stop at 50 now. I stop at 65. Sometimes still hit 100. And I bring it back to like 95. But even that's different. I would go from zero to 100 to 150. Next thing I'm ready to kill somebody. Now I go to zero to 65. Catch it. Breathe. All right. Back to zero. Finish on my day. It's, it's tools. So many tools that I'm learning. It's not perfect. I still struggle, but I've never been happier that I can recall. I wake up in the morning and I'm happy. I don't know how the last time I felt that. I'm learning and I'm breaking down a lot of things that make me uncomfortable, but at the same time, it makes me so much happier to peel off some of those layers, get to the core. We were having a discussion, some great people and I, about letting go of past. One of the things I've always struggle with is being the person I used to be, the person I used to be, the person I used to be. Can't be her anymore. It took me up until recently to understand that. I'm never going to be the same person I was. But that doesn't have to be a bad thing. 
I just have to understand the person I am today and build the person that I am today. And I've been blessed to have some really great people in my corner right now. And I don't know what I would do without them. I'm grateful. Even in my struggles, I'm grateful. I guess the one message that I would love to give to someone somewhere who might be just like me is don't listen to the negative thoughts. Don't let those rule you because it's not going to last always. And remember that everyone goes through these emotions. It just takes you a little longer to get out of it. But you'll get out of it. Don't give up. Because there there has to be something better. There, there's going to be something better. Like tomorrow's going to be different. You just got to make it till tomorrow. Even if I have to say that to myself every day for a month, I'm still waking up every day for a month having hope that today is going to be better. Does it always work out that way? No. I go home and I cry or whatever, whatever. But I still wake up the next morning and I say to myself, today's going to be better. And I just would love to just tell anyone who's who's feeling like that, it's, it's, it's going to be better. It, it may not be right away. It's not going to be immediately. You're going to have to work at it, but it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Be vulnerable. Get the help. You'll be amazed what can happen. That's what I would tell someone if I could. Just that one little thing. That's just hope. Just have a little hope. There's nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with you. Don't think that. That's the message I wish I would have gotten. Thanks for listening to this episode of You're Not Alone. Your positive feedback is appreciated, so please like, comment, and share. To keep up with coming episodes, please follow on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Stay tuned for more to come.